0: <clears throat> next week is the Sunday next after the Sunday next before Advent and then that following on the December 3rd is the first Sunday in Advent. Advent however you may as I do even though the stores have already started putting out their Christmas wares consider that the start of the Christian uh, Christmas season is the day after Thanksgiving. As such, now is the perfect time for us to summarize what the scriptures in the Trinity season, and hopefully what our experience as we have lived those scriptures during the Trinity season, what they have drawn our attention to. The three lessons this morning nicely help us to do that. The Old Testament lesson is from the book of Joshua, which continues the saga of the Jewish nation after the death of Moses. It relates the details of how God fulfilled his promise to provide a new land for his people. The readings this morning from Joshua 23 take place 20 or more years after the expulsion of the Canaanites from the land west of the Jordan River. Joshua, in a manner similar to Moses, when he recognized that his time on earth was short, called the leaders of the Jewish nation together to address them and give them his parting advice. Joshua reminds them that all that they have in this wonderful new land is a direct result of what the Lord has done for them according to his covenant. And then he goes on to exhort them to make sure that they uphold their part of the covenant by loving the Lord their God and not cleaving to any other God. This is actually the most basic tenet of both the Jewish and the Christian religions. It's so important that during morning prayer, we normally remind ourselves of it twice. Once in the 7th verse verse of the Veneti, Psalm 95, when we say, For He is the Lord our God. And then again in the 3rd verse of the Jubilati Deo, Psalm 100. Be sure that the Lord He is God. It is He that hath made us, and not we ourselves. Also during Holy Communion. As you heard Father just a few moments ago relate in the summary of the law. Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart and with all thy soul and with all thy mind. This is also basically the Shema, which is the basic, uh, confes- uh, it's the Jewish confession of faith. And then we go on, as we will next Sunday, during the when we do recite the Decalogue, remember that the first commandment is I am the Lord thy God thou shalt have none other gods but me this is what Joshua has been reminding the Jewish people and it seems like a simple principle one that the Jews would be able to uphold yet the New Testament proves that it does not they did not it's one that it would simple be simple it would seem for us to uphold however how often do we with or without thinking make something be uh, make something be a god be it a person or a politi- uh, like a love interest or a politician be it a substance like food or alcohol or drugs Or even make it an activity, like work, or sports, or even music. How often do we do that, set that above God? Fortunately, however, for us, there is one person who has been able to do that, who did that throughout his entire life, and we're fortunate because he is able to do it for us and help us. And he, of course, is our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. This leads us to the second great commandment in the epistle lesson. The letter to the Colossians was written by the Apostle Paul with assistance from Timothy, probably by while Paul was in prison in Ephesus. The Colossian church was a young church, what we would call today is a church plant. And the letter to them was important, and it's very comprehensive in that it explains to them what Christian theology is about. It points out dangers to avoid, and it also gives them practical advice on how to live. But the first part of the letter, which is our lesson today, gives us two things, important things, that jump out at us. First, in the verse 4, Paul says that he has heard of their faith in Jesus Christ. Remember the first great commandment. And your love in the Spirit. Think here, the second great commandment. Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. Obedience to God is following these commandments. Specifically, well, both of them. But with the second one, what does that look like? Well, Anglican theologian N.T. Wright puts it this way. What matters is that the behavior which marks out so much of the world, lust, anger, lies, and so on, which split up families and communities, That behavior is being replaced by kindness, gentleness, forgiveness, and an acceptance of one another as members of the same family, even where there were major differences of race, background, and culture. Paul recognizes that the Colossians have that kind of love in their new church. And so, because of that, He says that he and Timothy are praying for them. And their prayer is We pray that you do not cease, we do not cease to pray for you, and to desire that ye might be filled with the knowledge of his will in all wisdom and understanding, spiritual understanding, that ye walk worthy of the Lord unto all pleasing being fruitful in every good work, and increasing in the knowledge of God, strengthened with all might, according to his glorious power, power unto all patience and longsuffering, with joyfulness, giving thanks unto the Father, which hath made us meet to be partakers of the inheritance of the saint saints in light. To paraphrase Father David Phillips, the author of a paper on the rationale for this Trinity season, Paul is praying for the perfection of the soul. And there's no higher goal that you or I or any other Christian could wish to attain. And fortunately for us, there is one person who has done so, and as I said, he is our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Because he's done so, he gives us the pathway to come to follow him and to also aspire to attain this goal, and eventually lead it, uh, reach it. Probably not here on this earth, but eventually. Now this leads us to the gospel lesson. From Matthew 9, the lesson from Matthew, which is also found in Luke and Mark, is often referred to as a miracle on the way to a miracle. To review, a certain ruler, who Mark and Luke identify as Jairus, a leader in the local synagogue, comes to Jesus and says that his daughter is dead and pleads for Jesus to come and restore her life. As Jesus is on his way to go to the daughter, a woman who has had an issue with bleeding for 12 years believes that if she can at least touch Jesus' garment, then she'll be healed. Matthew's version: In Matthew's version, as she approaches him, Jesus turns and tells her, Her faith has made her whole. In other words, he has healed her. He then proceeds to Jerry's house where he sends away disbelieving mourners and resurrects that child. Now, it's important here to realize that this lesson does not mean that if we have faith in Jesus, he will grant every particular wish or desire that we want. No, that's not what it's pointing to. What it's pointing to is that faith in Jesus as the Son of God is the prerequisite for divine help. Now, the second issue that uh, stands out in this gospel is that Jesus does have the power to overcome any adverse situation even death he is our hope and our salvation but we must have faith that he is god incarnate so as we come to the end of trinity 2023 and face both the anticipation and perhaps dread, of the upcoming holiday season, starting with Thanksgiving, we have tools that will daily guide us and help us. First of all, we are to love God with all our hearts and our souls and our minds. We're to remember, God is God, and we are not. Nor is any other thing. So, We must let go and let God be God. Secondly, love in the Spirit, loving thy neighbor as thyself. Even better, I like the way Jesus puts it in John when he says, Love others as I have loved you. And if we do that, we can aspire, we can eventually gain rise to that standard that Paul set forth in his prayer for the Colossians. Our challenge, though, is that loving others and even loving God at times is hard work. However, through Jesus and only through Jesus and our faith in Him, we must remember that Jesus is the key. Now unto God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Ghost, be all honor, power, might majesty, and dominion, now and forevermore. Amen. Amen.